But that recipe, that idea that there is something that I can do today that can help me make that tomorrow that little bit better, that's the power. You know, knowing the fact that there is something I can do today, this new rationale you have, this new story you're going to tell yourself. So today is not about having another tomorrow. Today is going to be the opportunity and the time to actually create a new story about how I want my life to be. That's Michael Nolte, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Where you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. I've got a deep episode today with Michael Nolte. Michael's an author of a book called Getting Beyond What Is. How powerful of a title is that? I love that. Um, He's this unbelievably inspiring guy. I found him just by seeing his posts, his tweets on Twitter, on LinkedIn, um, and everything he puts out. I'm just like, wow, that's incredible. Or, you know, I'm liking it. I'm retweeting it. I'm agreeing vehemently with it. And just through that back and forth of sharing his content, we sort of struck up a conversation, started talking a bit, and um, I've really appreciated getting to know him and get to know why he is so inspiring, so powerful. And uh, I was so thankful that he was willing to do the show because his story is huge. And shockingly, this is, this is the first recording he had ever done as a guest on a, a show. And uh, that kind of boggles my mind because he should be out there on everything. Um, his book is his journey. It's his growth. It's, you know, what he's all about. And you know, like that's the whole point of this show. So he's such a perfect fit. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. At the end of 2014, Michael had this really successful corporate career that he left behind. It was over 20 years of building that career and he walked away to follow his real dream. But what started out as this really like idyllic beginning to a new chapter in his life ended up becoming a living hell. As his life unraveled around him, he lost himself. And 27 years after he attempted suicide for the first time, he was there in that dark place of depression again. Michael's story is remarkable because in the midst of the despair that he found himself in, he also found hope. And he found a connection that changed his entire perspective and relationship with life. Michael calls that time his awakening. He was on his knees, down and out, ready to bow out of life. But in the darkest of those days, he connected with something greater than himself in what felt like a life of darkness. He was suddenly filled with a knowing that there was something more, something better beyond where he was at that moment. Michael's book, Getting Beyond What Is, Taking Back Your Life, openly shares the secrets and profound lessons that enabled him to dramatically change the course of his life, how he got beyond that depression, the financial ruin he was in, homelessness, and being down and out, to taking back his life and creating a wonderful new life of possibilities, joy, and laughter. He's just, he's an awesome guy. He's really inspiring, really great person, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. So let's jump right in to this episode with Michael Nolte. Michael Nolte, thank you so much for being here today. This is exciting for me. I've been watching you on Twitter and seeing your work for a while, so to actually get to talk to you is a big deal. Thank you for making the time. You're so welcome, Brian. It's so nice to be uh, invited on, onto your podcast. 
I'm excited to um, have this conversation with you about um, overcoming challenges and, and moving forward in, 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 in life. And um, so thank you very much for, for, for inviting me on, on, your, on your little chat show, as I call yeah, it. Yeah. So the way that, that I found you, reached out to you, was you know, looking for people who have inspiration. And I found your Twitter feed, and you're incredibly prolific on Twitter. You have a huge following, just about 50,000 people following you. And I just found, you know, you, you put out content quite a bit and every single one of them, I'm just like, that is brilliant. And you're probably <laughs> like, who's this American who keeps liking and retweeting everything I've ever done? But I, every time I see it, I'm just like, yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, the more I saw, the more I, I identify with what you were saying. And so I felt like I had to, I had to talk to you and to get this story and to share it out. And of course, to talk about your book as well. So thank you for being here. But I do want to, just give people that sense of, you know, who are you? What brought you to this point? Because you're this beautiful, inspiring person, but you've had some serious darkness that you fought through. And, and I want to understand where that came from and what your story is. Yeah, well, thank you for all of those compliments. That's wonderful. Um, it's lovely to hear. And uh, I think if I go back to um, and that question, and I ask myself that question as well, uh, in terms of how how did how did I get to where I am? Because at one stage, I never thought I would be out of the darkness. And I think that's one of the um, the motivators. And there were two questions that I think I asked myself um, probably five, six years ago and more. They didn't really have the same resonance with me then that they do now. And th those questions was, you know, how do I live better? And then in that same question, what is my sort of like role in making my life better? And although I had very simplistic answers to those questions back in, you know, five, 10 years ago, today I have much more profound answers to those. And I have actually found how to live better. And, and then also discovering what is my role in making my life better. And, and that's how everything I do now is centered around that whole thing, that whole line, how do I live better? And I think the fact that when, you know, I put a lot of effort and work into the the messages that I, I send out to the world, whether it's across any of the social media. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what is it that I'm actually trying to say uh, to get down to, you know, a couple of hundred characters in, 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 a, in a tweet. But I think that what happens for me is that through, and this is the line I use, is that I think the fact that through great struggle comes great wisdom. And I think if you speak to any person who has gone through really a lot of struggle in their life, they've come out the other side with a lot of wisdom. Now, that wisdom sometimes is not applied to their life and how they move forward. They just know a lot of stuff. For me, it was slightly different because I wanted to know what do I know now that I didn't know then? And that was the catalyst for me writing my book, because it was really showing and talking to the world about what I know now that I wished I had known then. And when I think about back then, and I'm only talking about like three, four years ago, I thought I knew everything. I thought I had yeah. it all sorted out. I spent probably 20 or 25 years of my life in leadership roles in business, um, working on self-help, my own personal development, 
um, meditating, doing all of the things that I thought were the right things and putting myself on that right journey in, in my life. And um, but I only sort of like over the last couple of years um, sort of has changed a lot of that in terms of my mindset. And, uh, you know, my little my own backstory is a little bit about, you know, I come from a very rural place in Ireland um, and um, in, in the north in the north of Dublin, North County, Dublin. My my father was a farmer and uh, my 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 mom was an ex nun. So we grew up in a very religious household and and I grew up being a gay boy. Um, in in a world that was very different to what I thought it was. So for many years, I suffered with bullying. And um, I think to cut a long story short, to to get to a point in my life where I felt, you know, for the first 20 years of my life, I didn't actually live. I didn't know who I was um, and what I wanted in my life. All I wanted was to not to be alive. And at the age of 23, I decided to take my own life. Um, and when the first time it didn't work out, I tried the second time. Um, and that became then the catalyst for me changing because I decided then, well, maybe there is something more for me in world if I sort of move beyond, um, the challenges I had and hence the name for the book, getting beyond my book, getting beyond what is, it is that how do you get beyond those things? I sort of spent the next 20 years, uh, working on myself, working on, building myself up, um, changing. And I, I would, and I, this is what I talk about today, changing the programs that already had been set in my mind for the first 24 years, 25 years, I had a program running in my mind that told me I wasn't good enough. Uh, I didn't love myself enough. I wasn't acceptable. No, no one would like me. All these things that you, that, that someone who's very insular in their, um, in their thinking, uh, and grow up with hearing that inner voice chattering to them all the time. I mean, I had that for a long time and I spent probably the next 10 years after my first suicide attempt, really trying to silence that old program and rewrite a new program. And it caused me to travel the world. I went to the States. I lived in Sacramento for three years. I moved to Australia. Um, I lived in New Zealand for three years. and, And eventually I came back to London. And, and then eventually back to Dublin and back to London. And so I did a lot of soul searching, uh, traveling around the world, trying to find who I was, because I think today I really understand that journey I went on for, you know, I'm 53 now. So for the first 50 years, I find I was on this journey, learning all of these things that I now have, because I think the greatest gift we can give ourselves is just to be who we are, to be ourselves and not to, you know, to be anybody else, not to pretend, but to be who we are 100%. And if we can find that place in ourselves, I think everything else falls into, you know, everything else falls into place for you because you've learned that I don't really care what the world thinks of me. What I really care about is how I think of myself. And when you do that, the world loves that because it sees that you have that for yourself. So that took me on a journey to um, to probably about three years ago, three years ago, 2014. Um, I had a great life, loads of money. I had everything that materially you would ever want in, in a life, you know, and and I, I was 
I was looking for something more. I felt there was something more out there for me to um, to, to go after. And it was a sort of like, I don't know, it was a sort of like um, a knowing that there was something more. I wasn't sure what it was, but I just thought that there was something more. And so I decided. Okay. What I was going to ask is the the desire for more, that wondering if there's something more out there. Was it in a specific area of your life or was it this sort of nondescript this this way that I'm living is not complete. It was this way I'm living is not is what I learned was this way that I was living was an external way of finding happiness. It wasn't an internal way of finding happiness. Uh, happiness focused. Was, yes, happiness for me was conditional mm. and uh, it was dependent then on certain things being right in my life externally in order for it to be able to find that happiness within myself. And I think what I discovered was that that was very much something that I didn't sort out in, in, in my life because from a very early age, for the first time of my life, stages of my life in, into my teenage and early 20s, nothing inside of me was good in my perception. Everything that was good was outside. So I learned that nothing that would go on in my head or in my heart would have any value. And sort of like, even though that belief system changed, there was still a residual um, sort of like a shadow of that still lingering around that crept back into my life. Because so many things we look at in the material world, you know, new clothes, new cars, new houses, we're, we, we get sucked into that trap. Where's my next holiday? You know, when am I going out next? And we yeah, come into yeah. that. Uh, that external world that my happiness is dependent on things outside of me. And what I've learned, obviously, happiness is something that you can seek within yourself. And even in the hardest of times, you can still find something to be happy about. Not everything. You might have, you might, you know, it might be 1% of your life that you can find, I can find some happiness there. And that's a line that can help you move forward. So you still had, uh, at least residually, some level of self-doubt um, some level of not non-contentment from yourself. So you yes. were striving for something else. Um, was that something you were aware of before in the work that you had done? So you, you had tried to make progress on it or you went through what you went through with the two suicide attempts and you lived this life of, of exploration, you know, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of achievement, and you just sort of sat back and, and it maybe died a bit, but you weren't, you know, the, the, that self-doubt died down a bit, but you weren't necessarily working on it. Were, were you actively trying to do something about it? Well, when I, when, when I look back at it now, Brian, I think that what I was trying to do was I was trying, there was an undercurrent belief that I had that people who were happy were those who had money, those who were successful, those who had nice cars, nice clothes, nice friends. These were the things that made you happy. And even though I had changed a lot of the beliefs about myself, that still was an undercurrent that was operating in my life. And it sort of like propelled me into an avenue in business that I had to be successful. Mm. You know, success were, was that thing that I was going to go out. And I was hugely successful because that was my goal. I had huge clarity on, on what that is, what I wanted to achieve. Um, and I followed the money trail in terms of life. Yeah. Where the money was, I was going after it uh, because that was a sort of sense of ego 
that was fulfilling myself in terms of I was successful. People would see me as being someone that was acceptable. And so that undercurrent still operated. And unbeknown to myself, I didn't realize that it was happening at that time. Mm. It was only later on, you know, a couple of years ago when I sort of like my life unraveled that I realized what I had built my new future on. I had left sort of like in my mid 20s, one one past behind. I created a, a middle life, but I created it on a foundation that wasn't, I think, completely, um, you know, built correctly. And uh, there were some good things and there were some things that were still left over from my past life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole, that's the finding of yourself. You will always, you know, we are the result of all of the experience we have and we're never going to be able to deprogram a lot of the stuff that's taken us 20 years to, to, um, to make. You know, if you've programmed your mind to think a certain way, you're not going to, you know, change that program unless you actually, you know, rewrite it in, in a certain way. And that takes time. Yeah. So you're at this point where you use the word unraveling, very, very strong word. So take us to that moment. Yeah. What, what went down then? I think, I think unraveling is, is the word because it just sort of, I felt it was just, my life was unraveling. Uh, I made the decision to leave as, as, as that, that, that thought came into my head for a couple of years, probably from the, the, the um, probably from around 2010. And um, I, I started to get, I think, not bored with what I was doing, but um you know, looking for other things to satisfy me. And and it, it sort of then took me on a journey saying, what do I really want in my life? And um, do I want to be working 24 hours a day um, or do I want to be doing something different? What the difference was, I had no idea, but I knew what I didn't want. I, I always subscribe to that thing, the fact that, well, if, I've, if it's taken me two days to to rifle through a lot of problems, I now know what I don't want versus what I do want. And I, I take that from my work ethic as well. I don't never get frustrated with finding the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing because I know, well, the more wrong things I do, the closer I am getting to the right thing um, or knowing what the right thing is. But yeah. um, I decided that I was going to change country. So I moved, I was working across the UK and Ireland at the time. And I decided I was going to leave all of that behind. Um, I was head of marketing for a large technology company, and um, I just decided to to decide I was going to do something different. And I was going to go to an island that I felt that was something that could give me a different um, way of living. And um, so myself and my partner, we packed up our um, not packed up our house, packed up our belongings, and we came to the Spanish islands of, of Gran Canaria where I thought the fact that this is definitely because that all happened so seamlessly. This was my journey. This is where I was supposed to be. This was the right time. And so came over here for a couple of months, decided, well, let me, what do I know? I know about business. So I'm going to set up a business of some sort. And that was the, the start and end of it. Uh, within a year, we had closed the business. We had opened the business and closed the business and in, in excess of 150,000 um, euros, we had invested in it. Um, and, and so that was the point that I started to unravel because everything I believed, I'm a big advocate of the law of attraction, my own higher self and my inner being. And 
all of these beliefs that I had built my life around, sort of I became, I, I started to question them. Well, why had I done all this? Why had all of this happened to me? I was doing the right thing. I was, you know, positive. I, you know, went to seminars. I was positive in the morning and all of these things. I think, well, I couldn't have done things differently. And I found myself within probably the space of a couple of months um, back in a very deep depression. And, uh, and that's the thing about depression. Depression doesn't necessarily disappear. Once you've had depression for a long time, which like for me during my early ages, uh, from probably from from 14 year olds up to my mid 20s, suffering with depression, um, it doesn't let go of you that easily. It, it hangs around and it can be recurrent. And it's up to you to make sure that it doesn't. But in this instant, the circumstances, my my um, my lifeline as such to the life that I had was severed. And what disappeared was my worth, because when I moved from being somebody in a large corporate organization for many, many years, uh, being successful, and I left that all behind, I didn't realize that I had wrapped a lot of my self-worth around the whole material side of that life. And when I left that all behind and my money started to dwindle down and all the material things started to disappear, my worth disappeared with it. So my self-worth then was at the floor. And um, I then the deep depression started. I, I, I thought about how many different ways were, you know, could I take my life? that would be the easiest on the people around me oh, every day for about three weeks. I thought, how do I die today? Cause that's my, that was my only goal. And at the same time, it was my only release because the fact that if I died today, well then I wouldn't have to face tomorrow. And that gave me a sense of release. And in that release, it's sort of like you can think your way out of things, but it was just one morning I woke up and I call this my awakening. I just was given this, what I call a block of a block of information, and that was you'll write a book. And I'm saying I had never thought of writing a book before; not something that had entered my mind. Um, I was an avid reader. I remember many years ago um, reading John Grisham and James Patterson and all those type of you know those type of uh, novelists, but not writing a book for myself. And um, and I just thought that was the strangest thing. And because I heard it in such a way, I spent the rest of the day disbelieving that I heard anything. And by the end of the day, of course, I convinced myself the fact that I was going loop loopy. Uh, I heard the same message and over again uh, the next day and the names of the books came forward. And and uh, it was so profound and so um, so. I think, you know, so real to me at that time. And the other thing that happened um, at that moment was I had a flash memory of being back 20 odd years ago and being on this spiritual journey. And I remember being um, in um, in Asia and going to a spiritualist. And, and they said to me when I was in, I think it was 28, 29. And they said, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And I just said, you know, bit of a comedian sometimes when it comes to things like that and I say oh yeah of course in this seat and he said no no in this life he said do you know what that means and I said absolutely not and then oh. of course it hit me that fact that I had you know five years earlier yeah. I had tried to kill myself and that memory just came flooding back to give me context for 
what I was trying to do. But that moment sort of like helped me move forward to the next moment. And it said, well, maybe there, this is my bigger thing, but how do I write a book? And but how do I get out of this depression? How do I get out of this situation I'm in? You know, the circumstances of my life hadn't changed, even though what I call this line I was given, this new rationale, this new thing I could believe in, really helped me to uh, pull myself out of the depression. But I had to do it every day, every moment, you know, of every day to do that, uh, to work on what did I really want and how was I going to change my life? And, and, and that's the hardest challenge. You know, deciding to live is one thing. How to live is another. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm taken back to that moment that in, when you were 28 and mm. how powerful that is. I thought you were going to say that, you know, they were sort of foretelling this, being this author, this inspiration to others, but it, actually it was quite the opposite and really powerful. And the fact that you kept going for quite a while before having this unraveling, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that could shake someone to their core. Um, I'm really interested in what, what got you to keep pushing, because you had this long stretch in between where actually the foundation was still cracked. Correct. And, and then you, you have someone who says something like that, and I'm sure there were other trials and tribulations and difficulties Many. along the way. So I, what I'm trying to, to unearth is what, what was it in you that you think got you through the first time, and the second time you had this idea of the book, you know, part of you thought it was crazy, part of you was drawn to it, but it does sound like a sort of, you woke up and were enlightened. Yeah. And, and for a listener, they may be thinking, well, how do I, how do I do that? I can't just wake up and be enlightened. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I know that, that that's sort of the inspiration for that is so much of what your book is. So, so talk to me about where you think you pulled that enlightenment out from. Okay. So I think, I think getting, going from my mid twenties to probably 25 years, you know, cause it's three years ago since I sort of felt that awakening. Uh, I find, I find those, that was 25 years of waking up. That was, it took me 25 years to wake up uh, to get to that moment where I could hear that message because I, I think everybody can be awakened but they're not in a place to hear the message. And uh, that's the power is giving yourself the opportunity to hear the message. And the message will come if you give yourself the opportunity to hear it. You have to do the work. And, and doing the work really is about getting up every day uh, and facing those, those challenges that you have. And there will be days, and there were many days in, in my early, late 20s and 30s and 40s, when I didn't want to do anything, but I always had that from, I think, you know, from that time, I, my first attempt of suicide, I think from when that didn't work out, I felt there was something more for me. It, I don't know where that came from. I just mm. tapped, but I, what I did was I tapped into it, that feeling or that, that awareness that you're, 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 you're better than this. There's more for you. I tapped into that because all of my life was about every job I took was about development. It was about change. I went into organizations that were changing yeah. it all. Yeah. They all had that element of 
um, going from old to new. And I found myself in all of gra- you know, these roles were gravitating towards me. And of course, I was taking them. And um, I think the fact that I think I spent that time allowing myself to be able to hear the message that was coming to me. Now, if I had been better at hearing the message, maybe I would have got it when I was 29. But I wasn't because I became distracted with the 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 physical me. And there's I, I find that separation between the spiritual version of me and the physical version of me. And there is a I think there is a disconnect sometimes between the two because we live in a physical world, but we are sort of spiritual um, energy beings living in this physical world. And because we don't tap into that other side of us, we're left just with our physicalness. And it's our physicalness that will never get us through our life. We have to harness that power and connecting to our higher self, inner self, source, whatever reference or name you like to call it. Um, It's that it's that. But it took me that length of time to go back and revisit that because I sidetracked myself back into the physical world and looking at physical things and going after physical things. And it was only through that awakening three years ago that I reconnected with that spiritual side of myself to say, okay, so I am here for a higher purpose. Now, some people, you know, I've got friends who think that's a load of rubbish, Michael. I'm saying, well, it's what I choose to believe. It's something that allowed me to create a new rationale, a new story around my life that has allowed me to move forward. And that's why I recommend to people, you know, find the rationale that works for you. But it's got to be bigger than what you're what you're going through. If you're in the darkness, it's got to be the greatest light that you can find. Is you've got to know that this is going to help you through. And I think sometimes where we get we get we get caught up with ourselves is we are always trying to find out how it will happen. You know, as opposed to just working on today and what do I want to do today and how do I want the day to work. We're trying to find out. How will my life be like in five years time? I don't live that way. I used to live yeah, that way. Yeah. Today, I don't live that way. And it's, it's, it's very nice to be able to just live today. And yes, you plan for tomorrow because, you know, intellectually, you know, tomorrow will happen. So you don't spend all your money today and decide to sell your house, you know, and do everything today that, you know, well, tomorrow doesn't exist. Tomorrow yeah, will exist yeah. because intellectually, you know, tomorrow is going to happen. So you plan for tomorrow, but you have to live today. Don't, you know, don't be living tomorrow in today's world, in today's time. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's why so much of uh, your your content that you put out there resonates for me, because that's that's the core of what I teach as well. And in the notion, the name of this podcast, Do a Day, is it's it's not to throw everything away because tomorrow doesn't matter. It's to not be uh, overwhelmed by tomorrow or caught up in it and throw away today for tomorrow's sake so correct and we we become overwhelmed about tomorrow because we're focusing on the problems of tomorrow or we're not even the problems because we don't know what problems are going to happen tomorrow it could be good things as well yeah well we 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 sort of like create them in, in our mind first a lot of things that we create um you know we create our own reality to a degree and uh and by sitting down and and projecting into the future we create this surreal you know time that may happen tomorrow good and bad and um and and then of course tomorrow comes and it never happens and uh but we spent that day you know dwelling on it yeah. but i think one of the things i talk about 
myself um, is around a recipe for you know your own life. It's about coming up with your recipe, and it's the one thing that I think very few people do. You know, people have a recipe for success. People have a recipe for you know for making a cake. You know, recipes passed down to generations, but they don't necessarily have a recipe for how to make their life better or how to live better. And I think that's so important. When I, you know, do any type of mental health work, I always ask, well, what's your recipe to feel good today? Well, I don't know. Well, you're, that's where, why you don't feel well, because you don't have a recipe. I have certain things I still do every day to make sure that depression doesn't come to visit me again, because I know intellectually the fact that that is possible because depression is recurring it can come back again and uh, i'm like don't choose to dwell on it about depression and but i do choose to have a recipe for living my life well so that i can see things in a simplistic way and enjoy all of the material things but also appreciate the time i have with simple things like taking my dog for a walk having sunshine um in the winter time like it's 28 degrees here today so it's nice to appreciate those type of things in your life uh but you only can do that in the moment and um that's so important yeah well so first of all i would point out because a lot of our listeners are in the u.s uh 28 fahrenheit which is 28 celsius yeah. rather which which is really celsius. really nice fahrenheit that's a good yeah. quality <laughs> comfortable temperature. So uh, a little bit of jealousy from me at the moment, but that's okay. (laughs) I love this recipe for happiness idea. It's it's such a nice phrase, but it it sums it up. It's you have to do something. There's steps that have to be taken. You don't merely just sit back and say, well, you know, I don't feel well today. Oh, well, there there goes the day. I'm going to throw it all away. No, you have the power. You be proactive. You take action and craft what it is you're trying to have rather than just sitting back and letting it hit you in the face. Correct. And I think if you're starting off, so if you're today, you say this is the first day. It's very easy for me today because I'm some years into this now. So my recipe is working so I can benefit from the work I did yesterday, the work I did last week. So I've got momentum going using my own recipe and and I'll share it. Uh, But it's uh, if you're starting today with saying I'm in the worst place I've been, um, you know, you've got to realize the thing about it is that you're not going to get out of there until you do something different. You know, you try to do the old, the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results as the, as the proverb goes. So today is something that you can decide, well, what's this recipe? Can I make my own recipe? And, and it's about taking time to sit down and see what works for you. Um, we're all very different. But that recipe, that idea that there is something that I can do today that can help me make that tomorrow that little bit better. That's the power, you know, knowing the fact that there is something I can do today, this new rationale you have, this new story you're going to tell yourself. So today is not about having another tomorrow, which is going to be the same as today. And it's all going to be just a big pile of crap. It's going to be Today is going to be the opportunity and the time to actually create a new story about how I want my life to be, not repeating the story that's gone on from the day and the years before. I very seldom talk about my problems or in the past, unless I'm doing something like this, because they're of no consequence to me. They're of no relevance to me. I use the experiences. I know that I have the experience. I don't need to go back and re 
you know, go through it in order to say, oh, yeah, my God, yeah, I remember that day I took my life and I took all those pills. I don't need to go back into that moment to know the impact that had in my life. So the experience I've gained, I have my my PhD from my from my life, from my past. And I decided to take that new knowledge. And as I said at the the start, that wisdom that I now have and how, how can this enable me to actually live my life better. I think for me, there are two forces that operate in our life that stops us from doing so many things. One of those is our mind and it's the programs that we have in our minds. And uh, and I talk about there are forces going on in our life that we really don't know exist, but they're happening and we really don't know why we are the way we are. And so one of those things is our mind is programmed, you know, from the early stages of our life to you know, and we start to build those programs from the time we're born unconsciously. And then I'm a, a, a fan of the, you know, the law of attraction. So these two forces, they work in unison together to either make your life great or not so great. And then there are five steps that I sort of like recommend to people in terms of trying to change their life. And, I, and the first step of that is actually find the path, you know, prepare yourself for what you're trying to achieve. What are you trying to achieve? So prepare the way for yourself. And the second the second step for that is actually talk a different story. So if you're telling a story about how your life was, how horrible everything was, change the story. Because as you change the story, you start to change how you feel about things. The, second, the third step is about uh, feeling a different way. We do have an opportunity to feel differently than we do. We may feel sad, um, but it's important to feel sad and to understand, well, why am I feeling sad? You know, what is happening in my life that's causing me to feel sad? That understanding does help you. Then believe you can. And, you know, we're, if, you, if you're trying to do something and you believe you can't do it, well, you ain't going to try. You're never going to succeed in doing it if you believe you can't. And, uh, and then the uh, the other one is then you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. You've got to do that work. You've got to get up every day. And if you're doing, if you're going to prepare something, prepare the way for what you're trying to do. So if you're going to say, I'm going to build a recipe, well, do the work tomorrow, today to build that recipe. If you find that you have a belief that's limiting you or blocking you from doing something, you have to do the work to unblock that and, and change that limitation. And um, if you're feeling sad, you've got to sit down and understand why I'm feeling sad. Your life won't change unless you do something about it to change. Don't be waiting on the world outside you to bring you all these things. You already have them. You just need to take the time to actually go about and do them. And but, you know, when you're in a bad place, you may not want to do the work. If you don't want to do the work, that's a choice. Yeah. Our, our messages couldn't be more aligned. I love that. Um makes it makes it easy to agree with you um i do think you know there's one thing you just said that really struck a nerve with me is wanting to do the work i think uh so you're incredibly introspective and you've been through a lot to get there and i don't know if you've always been that way but i would imagine even if you were you're more so today i find people generally it's like you were saying before we want the answer we don't want to know what we have to do to get to an answer And sometimes the process seems too much. Sometimes it's daunting or sometimes we're scared of what we might find. And I do think it's rooted in, you were just touching on it, the notion of self-love and the ability to do those things and and the, the, uh, the enough self-worth to think you deserve the output 
of all that work. Because that's a piece yeah. of it, isn't it? We sabotage because we couldn't possibly be deserving of better. And that's the program. That's the program we have. We know we've created in our own mind. Yeah. Um, that to say that we're not good enough, we're not worthy. Um, and you know, you think like you know, for fitness, you're, you you've done such a great you know change in your life over over fitness. And I understand this myself because. For about 10 years of my life, I was in the gym, you know, two and three times a day sometimes. Uh, now I'm sort of like thinking, oh, God, I got to go for a walk today. Um, and so I know how my mindset, my mind has changed. And I think the fact that we have a load of sabotage because, you know, if I sit here and I decide I'm not going to go for a walk today or go for a run, I'm sure I'll have a, a, an, uncon an unconscious voice that will say ah sit down you went for a walk yesterday yeah. you should go for a walk tomorrow they're saboteurs that's something that's an unconscious saboteur that's stopping you that's not who you really are because how you know the difference is because when you do the walk you feel this great other than the endorphins being released but you feel this great triumph over that other voice um, and so you will have those voices that says that won't work. Don't be wasting your time. Stay in misery. I'm going to keep that lovely sash I have and badge of misery. And I'm going to wear it around so everyone knows that I'm miserable and life is hard. And I'm going to keep that on my as, as, as sort of like uh, so people know that I've had struggle. Uh, but to get and to, to live better and want to something better, you have to take action. Do the thinking, but then decide to take action. And one of those things I recommend for people suffering with any type of mental health, stop thinking. Stop thinking. You're overthinking. We overthink too much. Even though I'm very introspective, I give myself time to think about things in a certain way. And, and because the work I'm doing now, I try to analyze. And when I was writing my book, I was trying, why do I feel that way? And why do I have that thought? Stop thinking and do some more doing. The thinking has to come first. Uh, the action is so important as well. So if you're feeling down today, get out. Don't stop. Don't stay in your house. Get out. Go for a walk. Yeah. You know, yeah. go for a run. There's this whole thing about uh, dose. I think you know, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and um, and endorphins. Those are very readily available to us all every day if we decide as part of our recipe that we say, okay, well, I'm going to use, I'm going to get some endorphins today. How do I get that? Go for an ex. Go and do some exercise. I'm going to get some um, some 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 serotonin. I'm going to eat, you know, regularly and I'm going to have good some good foods, whatever it was. Um, I'm going to decide to have oxytocin, which is this whole cuddle and love thing that a lot of mothers have with children. I'm going to do that because I'm going to foster a good relationship with my friends and family. Um, and then dopamine comes from imagining, you know, what your life could be. There is there are ways of being able to part as part of your recipe. One of your recipe ingredients could be every day I'm going to do these three things that's going to get me out of my house and stop me from thinking about things to a detrimental of myself. You know, if you decide yeah. to do something, don't change your mind. And that's the thing about I always do. If I decide I'm going to do something, I'm doing it because the decision to to do it has had thought about it. So if I choose to say I'm going to exercise or I'm going to go on a diet. Um, I decide I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to do exercise for whatever, whatever, you know, the next number of weeks. Then you do it. Commit to it. Don't go back and then start questioning the decision making process that you've already gone through, because that's the saboteur. Yeah, that's when you're yeah. now sabotaging yourself because you've thought about it.
So you give you give space for the thinking for those, you know, wherever you need to go to, but you give it just its space and no more. And Correct. then you move to action. So you, yeah. you, you have a bit of um, compassion for the feeling really is you don't ignore it. You don't pretend like it's not there, but you let it have its moment. And then you pause and you move, you go and you do yes, something. Because if you look, our emotions are the, the, what I call there are on, 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 on and off button for everything. You know, when we feel happy, we can do everything. When we feel sad, we really don't want to do anything. And um, it's trying to understand why are my emotions the way they are? And your emotions are the way they are because of the focus you have been giving them or the thoughts you're thinking about. So something has triggered the emotion to be aroused. Emotions don't arise by themselves. You don't sit in a car and be oblivious to what's going around the world and feel anything other than, you know, in neutral. You don't feel sad. You don't feel happy. You feel neutral. Something comes into your mind, something you give, you see, and it triggers this um, effect. And you have the emotions to that. You watch a funny movie. You don't sit and watch, look at a funny movie and think you're going to cry. You don't go to a sad movie and think you're going to, you know, you're going to be happy. So everything we're stimulate. Our emotions are stimulated. So it's about uh, there's this whole uh, psychological program around smiling, because if you smile, you change the muscles on your face and you reverse the action because smiling is normally something that comes from your mind telling you something going on is happy. So therefore you smile because that's the gesture. Now, the whole fake smile thing is happening, obviously, and that. But this is where you're trying to change how you are laughing. I've done this experiment with people where I'm saying, I want you to laugh, just laugh, laugh at yourself, just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I now then I would test them. How do you feel after laughing? And they would feel so much better after laughing, even though it was um, it was uh, orchestrated, it wasn't tr triggered by anything, but it's the effect that has on you. So yeah. the fact that uh, there, are, there are many things that we need, but it's about giving yourself time to do all the things that you need to do not spending your day thinking about the same thing over and over and over and over, then going back, deciding on something and then going back and thinking about the things you've just decided, you've made the decision, move forward, make a decision, move forward. If it's the wrong decision, you'll get a chance to make another one. You know, nothing we do is 100% right. We have to make a decision with who we are, what we know at a certain point in time. When we know better, we make better decisions. So maybe in weeks time, you'd make, you'd make a different decision than you would today, but that's how life works. It's great advice, Michael. Um, you know, I know, I know we're, we're running out of time. I'm just curious, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you feel is so crucial for people who are struggling with that depression, with that mental anguish and not getting themselves moving forward? And I know we, we have touched on a lot and I don't want to give away everything in your book, but I also don't want to shut this down if you feel like, oh, we haven't touched on this and this is kind of a linchpin point. Well, I think I think depression, you know, we use it as a word. I think the fact that, oh, I'm, I'm depressed today. You won't you're not just depressed today and and feeling great tomorrow. That's not depression. That's right. just a bad day. And we all have bad days, you know. So uh, sometimes when you're you've gone through depression, you're at the other side and you have a bad day, you can actually think, oh my God, I'm depressed again. You're not. Uh, but I think we all have flavors of depression, you know, so that a bad day, a bad couple of weeks, but it's, 
you know, depression can hit you. But when you're depressed, everything that I'm saying probably what you would hate <laughs> because yeah. in when you're when you're depressed and as I know myself you don't want someone to give you a solution for better you don't want to be thinking about it and when you are that bad down you do need to get help you really need to talk to somebody about who someone who can give you the right um recipe for how you move forward with your life you know don't su- don't suffer in silence and uh, don't be afraid to Talk to somebody that's close to you that's saying, you know, I think I'm depressed. They will help you. You go to, you know, go, you're better off going to a psychotherapist or a psychologist than rather than your, you know, I'm not a big fan of going to your, your GP, depending on who they are, you're, uh, because they can just give you, you know, oh, here's the course of, you know, of antidepressants. And then all of a sudden you, you think antidepressants are the work. There is cognitive uh, behavioral therapy that needs to be done. But I think that we all have some flavor of you know depressed days in our life whether that's a week we all go through so much um but i think it's about recognizing that um that the best way forward is something that i can give myself and that's the thing it's not outside of you the help is not outside of you this help starts with you recognizing within yourself that i need help and i need to be some i need to get a resource outside of myself that allowance to yourself to be down and to be depressed and is uh, can be can be a saving grace to you as well um that you don't have to be super hot and super great and you don't have to be this person that everybody else wants you to be you can be who you are in that moment in time if you're sad be sad if you're happy be happy recognize the emotions that you do have and why they're coming up um, but then, you know, stop thinking about it. I think, you know, for most people is, you know, anyone going through tough times is that stop thinking, stop thinking about the tough times. Even, you know, people ask me nowadays, you know, how are you so positive? And I'm saying, I'm not, I'm just less negative. I think that's very important and you don't have to go out and think, you know, oh, today is a wonderful day and it's going to be a great day and uh, the sun is going to be shining and everyone's going to love me. That's lip service. Yeah, uh, yeah. know the difference between lip service and people who are happy don't need to talk about how happy they are because it's a natural feeling for them yeah but try to be less negative about the things that are happening in your life you know don't I, many many years ago i read a book don't sweat the small stuff it's that small stuff that that you know that topples us all those small things that we see we're driving and someone cuts us off or, you know, we don't get that car parking space. We have to drive around that, all of those small things, you know, you're going into the coffee shop and your coffee falls and spills or all those small little things, your child is annoying you, you know, they want to do the homework. Um, you know, you're late from work, your boss, your boss is given out to you. All those small little things, if we were able to just let them go pious and just let them go without hanging on to them because they are the catalyst for bringing more into our life. It's just let them go. They're really not worth it. And when you look back at those situations in a couple of days or even weeks, you're thinking, you know, why was I stressed out about that? And it's that that can take us down. That's beautiful advice. I mean, throughout the conversation, really, really appreciate all this. Um, Michael, how can people find you? I keep mentioning Twitter, which is a great place to find you, but I've also <laughs> seen you active on LinkedIn. What's, what's the best way for people to see what you're up to, to get your book and, and all of that? Yeah, so you can, um, I'm across all social media sites. So it's Michael Nolte author. 
if you if you just go into Google and just put in Michael Nolte author, you will get all of my uh, my links. Um, my website is getting beyond what is uh, because literally whatever we're trying to do, we're always trying to get beyond it. Um, and it's a great you, title. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, and you know, in the whole two years, I spent many different days trying thinking of a new a different title. Uh, oh, well, maybe I'll change it this, and maybe I'll change no. it that. And I kept going, and it was that whole thing about I kept going back to, you no, know, this is the title of the book, yeah. not knowing that this is this is right. I think that's what we will know. But um, I'm happy to people to message me if they're going through tough times. Uh, I do a lot of correspondence on on Twitter. Just DM me or on Facebook uh, or Instagram uh, on LinkedIn. And um, so the best thing for you is if you if you Google Michael Nolte author, you'll come up with all of my links. It's the easiest thing for people to remember. And of course, I'll link to everything in the the uh, episode page and show notes and all that, so people can find you that way too. And find you they should because it's really brilliant stuff. If nothing else, at least follow you on Twitter and just open up and let the inspiration in because it's it's a flow of true beauty. So I really appreciate what you've been doing. It's very appreciative. And just to make you feel awkward and turn a bit red. <laughs> I am. I'm already sunburned from today. So, oh, all um... right. It's not me. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. And yeah, I mean, you know, I said it before. We are very aligned in the message that we give and, and the way that we think it's best to live your life, to achieve and to overcome and, and to be more. And most importantly, is that underlying thought that you deserve it, which is a, a really beautiful way to look at your own life if if we Very allow true. ourselves to. So with that, uh, you know, I think you set it up really well with so much of your message, but just reminding people, don't sit there and think about it. Today is a new day. And you just got to go out and do it. Yes. Thank you so much, Michael. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. I'm still blown away. Awesome. He's awesome. Uh, if you haven't checked out Michael's book, you got to check it out, gettingbeyondwhatis.com. You absolutely need to follow him on social media. So you got to go to Twitter and follow Michael Nolte, A-U-T, short for author. Um, on Instagram, he's the full-on Michael Nolte author. So just the full word author this time, Michael Nolte author. And you can find him on Facebook under the same name, Michael Nolte author. Um, you got to follow him. Like you really, really need to follow him and read what he writes. He puts the stuff out multiple times away. He puts the stuff out multiple times a day and it's super inspiring, super valuable. You need it. <laughs> you just got to take it in. Um, and if you don't, you follow me at Brian Falchuk, you're going to end up seeing tons of his stuff anyway, because I can't help but retweet it. Um, speaking of which, you should follow me too at Brian Falchuk. If you don't already, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you prefer, or all of the above. And subscribe to the show so you can hear more people like Michael. Give it a review if it's having an impact on your life, if you like what you're hearing, if you want to hear more. I'm always open to the feedback. If you have someone who you think would be a great guest or you yourself think you'd be a great guest with a story of that painful journey, that struggle that you overcome, you learned, and you are doing something to help the world outside of you, I want to hear about it. So be sure to head to doadaybook.com and contact me. There's actually a link to share your story right there. I'd love to hear why you think this is an inspirational piece that other people need to get a hold of. So check it out, doadaybook.com. You can, of course, learn more about me there or at brianfalchuk.com. And with that, have a great day and keep on doing it.